Uh, last week we got Daniel in the lion's den, but praise God, he's not there because the God's bigger than the God of this world. Is able to bring him out. All the trials and problems and tribulations that you have to deal with, God is bigger than all of those. And I'm thankful that we have Daniel chapter number 3 in our Bible as well. Of course, we all know, I'll be honest with you, I remember as a child, several of these accounts. Now, a lot of people say stories. I don't like to use the word stories because stories gives you a connotation that they're not true. And every word of God is true. Every word of God is the the truth every time. God has given to us uh, this book to be able to help us, to encourage us. And this is a chapter that has been a, a source of many people, multiple people, multiple generations of help for them. And it has shown the majestic power of God. It has shown how God has worked even when evil is attacking. And uh, I'll be honest with you, right now we're in the midst of a world where evil is attacking something fiercely. They want to do everything they can to stop the church. They want to do everything they can to stop the people of God, to be be able to silence us. But here we are in the midst of 2023, and we need to still stand strong on the Word of God and still say that the Bible is still true and still say that the Word of God is still true and that the God that wrote this Bible is still the only God. He is the one that is still on the throne, and He is the one that is coming again for each and every one of us. In Daniel chapter number 3, we see that this evil is coming through and, and attacking in such a way. And, and boy, that the, standing at the mouth, Nebuchadnezzar is standing here at the mouth of a, uh, this uh, furnace that they have uh, cast the three Hebrew children in. Uh, and he is just mocking the people of God. But God will not be mocked. Thank God for that. See, this portion of Scripture seems to be placed to where it's going to help some people to, that need help in their faith. Romans 15 says it this way, that for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have a hope. And I thank God that we have the comfort of the Scriptures, that when this Scripture, when we read this, when we see that Daniel chapter number 3 is still in the Bible and is still true and is still speaking to each and every one of us today and this evening and in this hour, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that the God that showed up then is the same God that can show up now. You think of the impact that this passage has had on the generations of believers. Look what God has done for those young people. And I'll be honest with you, the devil has tried to do so many things to where he's discouraged the people of God. And he's tried to tell us that the God that they serve is not the same God. But thank God, Brother Matt, the Bible still says that he's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I thank God that we serve him. And the impact that it has had in a prophetical sense that they have. Think of the impact that this account has had on the the Jewish people dispersed across the nations. And those that were placed in the captivity of Babylon at this time. And there are those that had to lean on God and to learn to lean on God. And to be able to believe that God is still able, no matter what's happening in your life, God is able to deliver you from the fiery furnace, from the den of lions. I, I love it this way. As, as a matter of fact, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel is not specifically mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 11, but they are not mentioned by name, but they are mentioned that they said that they were able to stop the bowels of lions and were from delivered from the fires uh, that were in the midst and quenching those fires. I believe Hebrews eleven thirty four says quenching the fires. And boy, they're, they're there because of faith that they had in God. And in the last few verses of this chapter, there's a sweet peace that they begin to see. 
Now, you all know the story where he had said that he had made this image and everyone was supposed to bow down and be able to worship this image at the sound of the music. And, or that's in chapter number 2. But then we have this uh, chapter number 3 saying you're going to uh, uh, worship this uh, image that you're going to have and I have set up. And they said, I will, will not do that. We will not worship that image. We will not worship another god. We will not go by another way, but here they are. They're saying that our God will be able to deliver us. Now, I love in verse number 18, Brother Earl, it says, they said this, but if not, we're still not going to worship your God. Even if he doesn't, even if he allows us to go into the fire, he's still the same God that we've been serving all along. Look with me as we begin to look at these verses. Look at chapter number uh, 3, verse number 25. It says this, And he answered and said, Lo, this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth and with a burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth from the midst of the fire. You say, well, how in the world could something like that happen? Well, the God that created all things is the God that created the fire. And if he can control all things, as a matter of fact, the the disciples looked out and they said, how in the world is it that even the winds obey his word? How is it that even the the rain and all all of these things, the, the waves, even obey his word? Well, he created them, so therefore he can control them. As a matter of fact, John chapter number 1, it says that he is the creator of all things. All things by him made were made by him, and without him was nothing, anything made. He made it all, and he can control it. Nebuchadnezzar knew that that fourth man in the fire was no mortal man. It is like the Son of God. This is a Christophany. This is something that we have an Old Testament appearance of the, of the Jesus Christ to be able to know that Christ himself was, has always been, but he comes down in the midst of it. Notice that whenever the three Hebrew children were even in the middle of the fire, he wasn't pulling them out of the fire, but he was walking around with them. They had a companion, a companion that they absolutely could cuddle up with, make sure that they were right along with it, enjoying the presence of God right during the middle of that time. The same one that came down for the three Hebrew children was the same God that they had talked or read about and that walked with Enoch and the same God that had talked with Noah and taught him how to build a boat. The same God that came down and feasted with Abraham and and told him what great mighty things were going to happen. That same God that wrestled with Jacob is the same God that has come down and is with them now and the same one that revealed the will of God to Gideon. That's the same God. He's the same one that came down and lived a perfect life on this earth. He's the same God that went to an old rugged cross and died for each and every one of us. He's the same one that got up on the third day, glory to God. And he's the same God that's coming again someday for each and every one of us. And I'm looking forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes and gets his children. I'm thankful for that. In these verses, though, we see Nebuchadnezzar, he gives credit to God, but he doesn't give all the credit to God. He's admitting that that, that there's a, a need for that God, but here he is. Today, we have a lot of people that say that they believe God or they believe that there is a God, but the Bible even says that you do well. Even the demons and devils of hell believe that there is a God. But we had to trust and faith in Jesus Christ. I've noticed a few things here when we look at this, ver- this passage. This passage from verse number 25 down to the close of the chapter in verse number 30. And I'm going to preach as 
quickly as I can to be able to follow the Holy Spirit of God and the leadership of God this evening, just to be able to go through this and, and see what, uh, show you what God has showed to me. But I begin, but I begin to see it, verse number 25. And verse number 26, I see the presence of God. Look at those verses with me one more time. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Those fiery trials, there's something that we have to walk through each and every day. Believe it or not, we're going to walk through those trials. And we have tribulations that we go through. Peter said it this way, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which you try you as though some strange thing has happened. And a lot of people, they, they, they begin to look at this and say, Oh, why me, Lord? Or why is it? Why is it that everybody's just picking on me? Or why is it that I'm having all of these problems? I'm going to be honest with you. I've been guilty of the same exact thing. I begin to say, hey, I've been one that's been trying to serve God and I've been trying to do this and I've been trying to do that. And then you look out in the world, Brother Shane, and you see that people that don't ever go to church, don't tithe and don't do what they're supposed to do and don't act like they're supposed to and they're, they're not saved, they don't know Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden you begin to say, well, why is it that they seem to have all the good things and all the great things that's happening to them? But oh... <laughs> Conviction settles in, and that's when I, I realized that I got something forward to look forward to. And Peter said, don't think it's strange. Don't think that this is something that's just going to come upon you and you don't deserve. What is it? What we deserve is the, the powers of hell right now to come against us. But by the grace of God, each and every one of us can stand strong on the power of the Word of God and stand firm on Jesus Christ, that solid rock, and be able to know that the presence of God is with us every step of the way. But if when you see it and you know that you have God that's with you, you are going to be able to bear every trial that you ever have to go against. See, when it's trying you in that sweet presence of God, Jehovah, God Almighty comes in. Look at that verse with me, 25. Look what it says, walking in the midst of the fire. Walking. Now, I'll be honest with you. I have been burned a few times. I have been burned by some really hot things. Working with torches and that sort of thing when I was younger. I was uh, going through and, and to be honest with you, I, I burned myself and, and, and it burned so bad that I, I didn't even realize at first, I didn't realize what had happened to my arm. And, and, and then all of a sudden the, the sting set in, the, the, dip, the, the pain started to sear and all those difficult things that began to happen. And, and then I had to start really, I, I, I didn't just calmly walk around. I, 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 I ran around a little bit. I, I, even, I even yelled a little bit. I even screamed out. And I didn't calmly just say, well, look at that. But yet the, these three Hebrew children are sitting there in the middle of the fire, walking around in the midst of the fire and being able to do this. And they have no hurt. Looked up that word hurt right there, and the word hurt really means that there's no damage. Wow. There's no damage to them. There's no injury to them. These men, as we said, were not running around in fear, and they were not crying out in pain, and they were walking in the presence of God. And even though the flames were all around them, and even though the, the coals were lit and everything that was coming down, they had a presence of God that gave them a calmness, that gave them a peace, that they gave them uh, that comfort that they needed to have. Thank God for the sweet peace of God. 
You think of that peace of God and it says that you realize that the bonds were uh, the only things that burned away and they walked around with God and the, the peace of God. Philippians says in chapter number 4, verse number 7, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. There's been many times, Brother Oliver, where I've been going through something and someone has said that didn't know God and they just said, I don't know how you're able to bear it. And the simple way is this, that I have a presence with me that gives me a peace. And it is because of God Almighty that I can go through and it shall keep my heart and mind through Jesus Christ. And some Christians ask, why are you not going crazy? Why are you not absolutely losing your mind? Because we have a God. That gives peace, that gives comfort, that gives everything that we need to have. Boy, there's a sweet peace. But then also there's a promise. Boy, there's a promise that God has given to us. Isn't it an amazing fact is that the presence of God is not a once in a while happening? Thank God for that. Well, we, we have been promised that He will be with us. Hebrews 13, 5 in the midst of that says, I will never leave thee. Never forsake thee. Never will I ever leave you alone. He was with those Hebrew children right in the midst of the hardest time that they were in the middle of. Now you say, well, Brother Shane, was that really truly the hardest time? Well, they had been threatening their life in chapter number 2. And they went to meeting, they went to prayer meeting, glory to God, with Daniel. And they figured out how to be able to go. And God revealed to Daniel what he needed to know and saved their lives. But here we don't know how much further it was in Daniel chapter number 3. But I would say being tied up and thrown into a fiery furnace was a pretty difficult time. God was with them in their most difficult time. And God will be with you in your most difficult times. Then it also perplexes the lost. Well, the presence of God, they just don't understand it. They're scared of it. Oh, they, they think that when we say the Holy Ghost, they think that we're talking about something crazy. But I thank God that I love the Holy Ghost. I thank God that I love to have the presence of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that's with us. In Daniel chapter number 3, verse number 26, it says this, And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. Nebuchadnezzar changed his tune real quickly. Boy, he thought, boy, you, you're going to serve my God. You think your God's going to deliver me? And they said, absolutely, they will. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to serve your God. We're going to just depend on ours. We're going to have our faith. We're going to have our complete trust. We're going to give it over to him. And he's going to do what he wants to do. And then when, when they have that, he was concerned about them. All of a sudden, he was gone from persecuting them to death to be able to praising the same God that they served. He had gone from cursing them to death. And he was concerned about them now. And boy, uh, you begin to look at that time. How was it that it perplexes the lost? The peace that perplexes the lost. How is that that happens? How does the presence of God perplex the, the lost? Boy, we can quote these verses and a lot of times at funerals and a lot of times we'll quote this verse in Psalm chapter number 23. Verse number 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But this is the key part of that phrase in that verse. For thou art with me. The presence of God is real. The presence of God is for us. You consider this. If it were me and I had just been thrown into the fiery furnace, I think I would have been trying to figure out the quickest exit route. But they stayed in the fire. Because to them, glory to God, they would rather be in the midst of the fire with the presence of God. <laughs> 
than to come out of the fire and leave the presence of God and be all by themselves. <laughs> I'm going to say, boy, I, I don't ever want it to be that, but praise God, you think about that. They'd rather be in the midst of the difficult time. They'd rather be in the difficult. Boy, so many times we're trying to pray, God, please get me out of this. God, please get me out of this. How is it that God just might be saying, you stay right there and I'm doing a work inside of you. You stay right there. Stay with the right sweet peace of God. Right then in the midst of that trial, right in the midst of that fiery furnace, whatever's going, they were perfectly happy to stay in the flames. As long as God stayed there, they wanted to stay there. Boy, the presence of God is something very, very sweet to each and every one of us. But then when I look at verse number 27, I see the powerless flames. Say, look at this, look at this verse, and the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men. This is great, Brother Richard. I love the fact that God put witnesses to be able to prove His power. Remember in Deuteronomy several times, twice in Deuteronomy, it says that not out of the mouths of just one, but it needs to be the witness of two or three, and the matter shall be established. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ even quoted verse uh, chapter number 19, Deuteronomy, and said that, uh, that, it, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So God didn't do this in secret. God didn't set them over to the side and say, listen, I'm going to work a miracle for you, but I don't want anybody to know about it. No, he said, hey, I want everybody to see that. Look at that list of people, the princes, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors, gathering around. They saw the men. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. That to be able to see that those men, well, a whole lot of witnesses that are seeing that scene. And what a great about a witness. Well, what you say, well, what is so great about them witnessing what was going on? I, I love this too, because this blesses me, Brother Joel. Did you know that the Babylonians had different, several different gods? And one of the gods, and one of the most powerful gods that they thought of, that they served, was fire. So they're serving... A fire. They think that fire is a God. But yet, my God, in the midst of the fire, is causing something great. You say, as a matter of fact, when you begin to look at these, a lot of times, these, these furnaces, it has actually, this is not something uncommon. They actually would sacrifice people in those furnaces all the time. As a matter of fact, they found one of those furnaces in this area with an inscription that said, here die the men that serve God. Boy, there's people that have been thrown in those flames and people that God was, uh, had, 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 had touched and be able to go through. But now, right in the middle of this time, the Babylonians were worshiping, worshiping this fire. It was a God to them. But then all of a sudden, God, the God, Jehovah God, uses their God directly against them. Don't you love how God makes a mockery of all the little gods that we have around here? Well, when you look at this, when you look in Egypt, when you look through in, in Exodus, what did he use? He used the ten plagues that were all their gods. They served all of those things. They thought that the Nile River was a god. They thought that frogs were a god. I don't know why. Flies. Bless God, I hate flies. But flies to them were a god. All the things that were used against them. Locusts. All these things were used as a god. They thought that they were gods. When Babylonian, he takes the fire that they worshipped and mocks it. 
says, you say that you think this fire is so great. You think that this fire is so wonderful, that this, this fire is so powerful. Let me show you how powerful I am. You go ahead and you put my people in what you consider one of your gods. It's all consuming. It's going to take away. But therefore, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make a mockery of it. And I'm going to walk around in the middle of this. And I'm going to walk around with them with the pre- sweet presence. And boy, make sure that, the, that, that they don't even have the flame of, uh, on them anymore. And as a matter of fact, the only thing that's going to burn off of them is everything that you put on them. But nothing that I have for them is going to be even singed. It's not going to have the smell of smoke. It's not going to have anything but glory to God. My God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is the God that we should all serve. Glory to God. Forget all these other gods and serve Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Word of warning. United States of America have gods. We have gods in this nation. They've fallen. You look at it, when we look at it, God assures that He is in control. You think money is a God here in the United States of America. And then we see the market crashes all the time. We see people lose millions of dollars at the snap of a finger. You think, well, my home, that is something that's great. Well, then home loses their value. And you remember the days when your value was cut in half of what you thought you would pay for your home before, then goes up and down. What, what about the jobs, the careers that you have? Then jobs are lost. Just a, a few moments of time. Boy, the United States of America better wise up and stop serving all these other little gods. Because God is going to say, I'll show you just how more powerful I am than these little gods that you've been serving. Why? Because he's a greater God. Look at the end of that verse. We'll continue in that verse in verse number 27. Upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was the hair and hair of their head singed. Have you ever smelled singed hair? I'm going to tell you this real, as quickly as I can. Uh, back in 1999, I had been working on uh, some boilers at a, a big pool. And... Uh, and it was, it was really a big boiler that heated an Olympic-sized pool, and I was supposed to be trying to work on it, get it working, and make sure that it was doing just right. And it was about two weeks, Brother Jim, two weeks before Heather and I were going to be wed. So I'm sitting there, Brother Earl, and I'm looking at this thing, and I hear, I hear a sequence. I see a little igniter. It lights up. It glows. It's a little glow plug. And then I hear the gas valve. It opens up, and I hear this and that's the gas that's going across that. And right then, when you hear the gas going across the glow plug, it's supposed to just fire up and everything's supposed to work right. But then I was sitting there and I was thinking, <clears throat> well, why is it not doing? Two times it tried it. Three times it did it. So, Brother Earl, what the, being the smart, intelligent man that I am, it's not that funny. The intelligent man that I am decides... Well, I can figure it out, Brother Paul. I can figure it out if I get closer to it. So I put my head real close. I was looking in there and I was trying to figure out, well, maybe is it not positioned? And I noticed this little sign in orange and it said, Caution, keep hands and face away from, and that's as far as I got. And this big ball of flame. <laughs> now, thank God it didn't stay. It didn't go. 
But all of a sudden, I started to smell, and I put my hand. And Matt, my first thought was, Heather's going to kill me. Why? Because the hair was so brittle, that about an inch, boy, I had a receding hairline because it was about an inch been burned off. And then, and then I thought, oh no, my eyebrows are gone too. It was a bad day. Went home later on or went, went to the house and called Heather and I started telling, thank God it was before Facebook or FaceTime. She didn't want, but, but she wanted to see me. She said, now, now what, what do you look like? I said, well, it, it's pretty rough. But she went ahead and she married me anyway, praise God. She just got me one of them pencils. And... Now, y'all going to mock my wedding pictures now. She made sure everything looked all right from a distance. It all looked good. But boy, he's saying that not even and hair and hair. Not one was singed. Not one had been taken away. Not one had been touched by that fire. Not singed. And the fire had no power over. Notice that the only thing that was affected in the flames were the bindings of what the devil had put on him. There's be a many a times, Brother Jim, where you're sitting there and you're thinking, why am I getting put into the flame? Why am I? I'm just trying to do right. I'm just trying to serve God. And then all of a sudden you begin to realize... That the things that the devil have been put on you. Hallelujah, glory to God. They're starting to be burned away. They're being taken away. And the only thing that's left is the sweet presence of God. And the greater God that's sitting there in the middle of that. He's the one that's there. Boy, the signs of the sins. Uh, that the, the Nebuchadnezzar, the wrath and the unbelief. They were the only things that were burned away. And God allowed those flames to burn that away. What God and what the world had put on them. Boy, God had made sure that he kept them safe. But took away those things that were in the midst of the world. Because why? Because we serve a greater God than what they serve. Thank God during this time Because why we had a greater promise I can just imagine during this time That that, that years years before Isaiah had pinned down some words In Isaiah chapter number 12 He had talked about trusting and not fearing or, uh, And he had even gone through in Isaiah chapter number 43 And the Bible says it this way When thou passest through the waters I will be with thee And when through the rivers Thou shalt not overflow thee And boy I'm thinking I, I know that those guys Those guys were remembering those words That Isaiah has, has written And they're remembering Remembering and saying, well, that, that, that water being overflowing is not a problem right now. But then, right then, then all of a sudden, the sweet word of God comes to them and says, And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. All of a sudden, a promise of God comes upon them and shows upon them, and they know, but hey, it may be going through the fire right now, but God has already promised that when I'm walking through that fire, it's not going to come against me. It's not going to have a problem. The people of God have a promise promise from God and that promise still stands well those three Hebrew boys went to the remembering the promises of God but look with me real quickly in verse number 28 the proof of faithfulness then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said blessed be the God of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. They were not saved from that fiery furnace. They were saved in that fiery furnace. 
Is there any greater spot to go to than Romans chapter number 12? When we think about that, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Boy, were these men, were these men not a living sacrifice for God? They were, they were a living sacrifice, had amazing results, and their trust in God was revealed. And, and so many people saw that it changed their surrounding lives, and they yielded their bodies and consecrated them to God, and it made a difference around them. How was that? Because of their trust. Brother Paul, I started going through the book of Psalms, and I started noting some of the verses and these verses are amazing to me. Psalm chapter number 7, verse number 1. O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Psalm 16, 1. Preserve me, O God, in thee do I put my trust. Psalm 18, verse number 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my shield, in whom I trust. Psalm 18, 30. As for God and His way is perfect, for the word of the Lord is tried, and He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. Psalm 25, oh my God, I trust in thee. Psalm 56, 3, in what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Isaiah chapter number 12, verse number 2, this one absolutely amazes me. Behold, God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. We studied this morning in the morning service. We're going through the book of James. And when we begin to go through the book of James, we begin to see that when we put our faith in something, we actually put it on God. And we place it on Him, and it is His responsibility. I made this statement this morning, Brother Jerry. It's not my responsibility to get Shane to heaven. You know whose responsibility it is to get me to heaven? I've trusted in Him and said, God, it's all you. Each and every one of us, we place our faith and trust in Him and we just place the responsibility to say, God, this is what you have said that I need to do. Therefore, I trust it. I'm putting it on your hands. I'm giving it all to you. And it's not an easy way. And I'll be honest with you, it's not easy to be able to trust completely. It's easy saying to do that. Uh, but it's hard to do. It's hard to live. But then there's a changing impact. Daniel chapter number 3, verse number 25 or 28 rather, it says, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, having changed the king's word. If we live fully for God, and pastor made this statement Sunday, if the people of this church got on fire for God, could you imagine the impact that it would have? Just three Hebrew boys, and it changed the word of the king. Boy, if we just got a few of us around that really got on and we began to, as they did, they lived what they said and they proved their faith to Nebuchadnezzar. And now we have a witness and it made a change in their life and they yielded their bodies. And it was so important for us to yield that we'd be able to do that because why? We're not our own anyway. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of God? That we say this all the time, that it's not up to me. It's not uh, what I can do. It's what God will allow me to do. I yield my body to him and I consecrate myself to him, yielded their bodies that they may not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Consecrate myself. Say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, that is what I'm doing. So many times we go with the flow. We go with the crowd. May I tell you, may I remind you, 
that wide is that road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way. That's through Jesus Christ. But the position of God. They put him in the right position. Verse number 29. Therefore I make a decree. That every people, nation and language. Which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Shall be cut in pieces. And their house, uh, houses shall be made a dunghill. Because there is no other God that can div- deliver after this sort. Nebuchadnezzar came to a realization. There ain't no God like their God. And may I say, there ain't no God like our God. No one can deliver the way that my God can deliver. No one can save the way my God can save. No one can comfort the way that my God can comfort. There's not one time, that this is not the first time that Nebuchadnezzar had put this, but, but unfortunately we do that, but there's not one time that God could, uh, any other God could try to do something that would compare to what my God has done. And we need to put God back in His proper position. Jesus Christ told us to worship Him and Him alone. Deuteronomy tells us to do that same thing. Thou shalt serve God, and shalt him they shalt, shalt thou cleave. I love that word cleave, Brother Steve, because that word cleave actually means to cement. I don't know about you guys, but if you put anything in cement, it stays there for a long time. It's difficult to pull it apart. It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter number 2 when they're talking about Genesis 3, 2 and 3 when they're talking about the the wonderful marriage that God has ordained between a man and a woman. Yes, between one man and one woman. That is what God has ordained. And that's saying to cement it together, to bring it together. But we have to put God in His position and serve Him That and not try to put every uh, God and be able to serve all these different gods, but serve the one true God. Because He has a true position and He has a True power. The statement that Nebuchadnezzar made here in verse number 29. No other God can deliver like this after this sort. Exodus chapter number 15 says it this way. Who is likened to thee, O Lord, among the gods? None. Psalmist said it in 71. Psalm 71. The righteous, O God, also, O God, is very high. and Thou hast done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? There's none like him. Can I just say, there ain't nobody like my God. There's nobody like the one that I get to serve. And then verse number 30, real quickly. I've moved through as quickly as I can. Verse number 30, we see the promotion of God's servants. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I'm going to simply say this. God takes care of his own. David said it this way, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging for bread. Isn't that amazing that we serve such a wonderful God? And in the future, we as Christians must remember who it is that we serve. The power that we serve and to whom we have been set apart and consecrated to. None other than God Almighty. I think Daniel chapter number 3, these verses, God says, let me prove my power to you. Let me show my power to you. Test me, try me. God will move like he did for them. He will move for us 
as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.